This podcast is part of the Sports History Network, your headquarters for the yesteryear of your favorite sport. You can learn more at sportshistorynetwork.com. Greetings from the Garden State of New Jersey. This is Ringside with Reading, boxing history from yesteryear, brought to you by the Sports History Network. I am your host, Frank Redding. In this segment, I am going to cover the first five Rocky movies the way I remember them. The first film, the original Rocky, was released in 1976 on a low shoestring budget and a short shooting schedule. Sylvester Stallone went to watch the March 24, 1975 Muhammad Ali KO 15 over Chuck Wepner and the Rocky character was born. Stallone was an unknown at this time and wrote the original screenplay. He was offered big money to let a more popular actor play the title character. Choices were Burt Reynolds and Ryan O'Neill. He gambled and came up big with a blockbuster and played the title role himself, and became a household name overnight. Rocky Balboa, a down-on-his-luck club fighter with a 44-20 and record, was challenged by the undefeated flamboyant heavyweight champion of the world, Apollo Creed, on the bicentennial, ladies and gentlemen, January the 1st, 1976. Balboa, an enormous underdog, defied the odds and was the first opponent to go the distance with Creed. Rocky lost 15 rounds split decision, but won the hearts of all fans and the country of the United States. Joe Frazier appears briefly in this film. Rocky II was released in 1979. Rocky is temporarily out of boxing, gets married to Adrian Panino, and tries to work in the work field. Apollo Creed, yearning for a rematch, starts the tactics to get Rocky's attention, embarrassing the proud Balboa. Adrian goes into premature labor and a coma, and Rocky just can't get motivated for the upcoming rematch to take place on Thanksgiving Day, 1976, in his hometown of Philadelphia at the Spectrum. Child is born, and shortly thereafter, Adrian comes out of the coma. She tells Rocky she wants him to win the title for her. This is the spark that Rocky needs and gets motivated and trains like never before. Rocky wins the heavyweight championship of the world in a thrilling double knockdown, beating Creed before the 10 count is administered. Roberto Duran appears in this film, ladies and gentlemen. It was released in 1979. Rocky III, released in 1982. Rocky has tasted success and is now a matinee idol. He has big money, easy fights, 
fanfare, ten title defenses that were in essence hand-picked. Meanwhile, we are shown glimpses of a hungry upcoming contender, Clubber Lang, who was mowing down opponent after opponent en route to a title shot. Mickey takes notice and attends several of Clubber's fights and is in fear for Rocky's life. During this film, ladies and gentlemen, Sylvester Stallone changed his whole look and appearance. He went from being in the low 190s, a fairly small heavyweight, to a 155 pounds, a bodybuilder-looking middleweight. Rocky is a carefree individual at this time in his life and his career, participating in charity events, and eventually, during a statue introduction, Clubber comes to the front of the crowd and challenges Rocky. He also tells the crowd and fans that Rocky's fights are all setups. Rocky, during this presentation, was going to announce his retirement and changes his mind at this time, and a fight is set with Clubber Lang. Mickey was very reluctant to take this fight, fearing for Rocky's life. Mickey once more agrees to train Rocky for the big fight, and during the pre-fight preparations going to the ring, Mickey is badly injured, has a heart attack, and dies later in the film. Rocky is knocked unconscious in two brutal rounds. Apollo Creed comes to Rocky's aid and tells Rocky he would like to train him. Rocky agrees. Once again, Rocky just can't get motivated. Adrian comes to the rescue. And that is the motivation Rocky needs. He trains hard and reveals a whole new style and befuddles Lang, stopping him in three rounds. Rocky and Apollo have a fight between themselves in private, and that is how the movie ends. Hulk Hogan appears in this film, ladies and gentlemen. Rocky IV, released in 1985. This movie takes on a very political theme, the USA versus the USSR. An amateur named Ivan Drago is challenged by the past, his prime Apollo Creed. Rocky tries to talk Creed out of this, but reluctantly trains Apollo for this ill-advised fight. Tragedy occurs and Apollo dies from his injuries sustained in the contest. Rocky knows an inevitable confrontation against Drago awaits him. The bout is scheduled to take place on Christmas Day in the Soviet Union. Rocky trains in seclusion in the foreign land with Duke and Pauly at his side. Once again, Rocky just can't get motivated. Adrian comes to training camp to stay, and that is just the spark Rocky needs. A touching, tender moment takes place in this film, ladies and gentlemen, before the fight. 
between Rocky and Polly. Polly tells Rocky he loves him. Polly is by Rocky's side during the contest. Rocky wins over the crowd and defeats Drago and the story has a happy ending. James Brown appears. Just an observation, ladies and gentlemen. Rocky's biggest fights seem to take place on major holidays throughout the years. In the first two films, he would fight Apollo Creed on New Year's Day and Thanksgiving Day of 1976. And the fourth segment would take place on Christmas Day. Rocky V was released in 1990. Rocky is having complications after the Drago win. He returns home and discovers all his earnings from the past are gone. He also, at Adrian's request, goes to visit a doctor and discovers he has irreversible brain damage. Meanwhile, Rocky, Adrian, and their son Robert and Paulie move to Paulie's old house. Rocky takes over the deceased Mickey's gym and a upstart starts training there. His name is Tommy Gunn. George Washington Duke, a Don King clone, is trying to talk Rocky into making a boxing comeback to no avail. Tommy Gunn starts to win fight after fight, and Rocky is back to being in good spirits once again. George Washington Duke sees Tommy as his way to get Rocky to return to the ring. He gives Tommy a new car and a large bonus, and Tommy signs with him against Rocky's wishes. Tommy wins the title, but the public will not accept him as anything but a cheap Rocky imitation. Tommy thanks Duke, but not Rocky, who is not in his corner for the championship fight. Later, after the fight had been completed, at a local pub Rocky and Paulie are in, Tommy Gunn shows up and challenges Rocky to a boxing match. Just what Duke wants. Paulie intertwines and Tommy knocks him down, loosening one of his teeth. That is the motivation Rocky needs and calls Tommy out then and there. Duke refuses, but Tommy is eager. A wild street brawl occurs and Rocky defeats Gunn. He then gives Duke a solid gut shot, knocking him down. The film ends with Rocky's dignity restored, his family life all in order, and a trip with his son to the statue at the Philadelphia Art Museum. In the closing credits in black and white, photos of the five movies are recalled. Tommy the Duke Morrison, a former heavyweight contender and WBO title holder from the early 90s, has a major starring role in this motion picture. Another movie would be released in 2006 called Rocky Balboa. I'm not going to cover 
that film in this segment, ladies and gentlemen. These movies are very relevant to boxing history and yesteryear. And as a result, in 1981, introduced in the film Rocky III, a statue was dedicated to the Rocky character. Sylvester Stallone was also inducted into the International Boxing Hall of Fame in the year 2011. This is Ringside with Redding, and I am your host, Frank Redding, signing off until next time. Be happy, be healthy, and be safe. This podcast is part of the Sports History Network your headquarters for the yesteryear of your favorite sport. You can learn more at sportshistorynetwork.com. Hi, I'm Oz Davis of the True the Goats podcast here at the Sports History Network. I'd like to take a minute to tell you about quite possibly the greatest website of all time, newspapers.com. If you're listening to this podcast or any of them at the Sports History Network, you're probably into sports history. And you probably also know that for learning about anything prior to, say, 1990 online, the typical search engines like are nearly completely useless. But then there's newspapers.com. Newspapers.com gives you access to over 640 million pages worth of news from North America, Britain, Ireland, and more, dating from 1798 to last week. Do up a search for Super Bowl One, the 36th Berlin Olympics, Wayne Gretzky's first game, whatever. Newspapers.com takes you there with historical flavor that search engines like just don't give you. And now get a free one-week subscription to Newspapers.com by visiting SportsHistoryNetwork.com slash newspapers. With a paid subscription, you'll also be helping to support the production of this podcast and other Sports History Network shows. That's SportsHistoryNetwork.com slash newspapers. Newspapers.com. Way better for searches than you know what I'm talking about.